Cloud Radio. Please listen to this important disclaimer in its entirety. All participants of this Thug Crowd Radio episode are characters. None of the stories told during these episodes are based on facts, truth, or reality. All works of fiction displayed during this episode that resemble real-life situations are coincidental and are not meant to serve as guides or tutorials to commit any crimes in any country. Please consult an attorney for local laws and regulations. And as always, trust your inner criminal. What's up, everybody? It's a beautiful Tuesday again. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's still broken, still on fire. Wait, what? So the, the internet is still broken, it's still on fire. Yeah, same. The internet, yeah, internet always on fire. Fighting hard, but <laughs> calling, in the, calling in the choppers. They're never coming. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so what's good, everybody? It's um, today we're going to be talking about. I should have updated this in the title. I might just do it in a second. Today we are going to be talking to some of our pals here about bug bash, bug bounty, car hacking, hardware hacking, and all that. Well, so we're super stoked about that because we just get to riff about the things that we normally do, but just uh, in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> um, so yeah, we. I still. I'm, I'm still debating. Does anybody here think that we should go back to also streaming on Twitter? We streamed on Twitter? Yeah, we yeah. streamed on Twitter, and it would alert people about us, but I don't know if it was really... It was kind of just forced on people to watch. <laughs> Restream, kind of yeah, like it puts it up on the top of the screen. Yeah, but it's... it's like where the breaking news goes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would watch it, though, honestly. <laughs> All right, I might have to put that back on there. Um, I wanted to, to put out an audience poll if anybody here listening I mean, wanted any ideas. I saw Elon talking about that new rockets, about the uh, Starship and stuff. Like, that was pretty sweet. I only saw the stream because it was popped up on Twitter. I was like, damn, rockets, let me see that shit. Maybe hmm. people want to be like, hey, computers, let's hear about how it Maybe I might just uh, sign up again. Who knows? Um, yeah, we'll so take a look at that in a minute. What happened this week? Wait, the news or the no, just, just in general? general. You guys. Oh, um, I've been been doing a lot personally. Been uh, getting used to new beginnings. <laughs> um, I'm working hard doing that, and I, I also uh, went to a, a farm this weekend, and I got some uh, some apples. You got some farm to table yes. cyber apples. Yes. How about apples? Full spectrum cyber apples. Yes, full <laughs> spectrum cyber apples. They're actually just a 3D mesh 
And um, if you touch it, it like, uh, I don't know, just gives you a bunch of Shodan results for other apples in your area. <laughs> so you've already got the, uh, the bite taken out of them for you. Yes. <laughs> so, um, anecdotally, before we start the news, we'll start with some, some little news, I guess. There was a, there was a huge merger of all a, a bunch of InfoSec companies in Australia, um, which is like, there's not that many independents left now after this that's it was pretty like that's how big it was but uh they decided to call it cyber cx and nobody went hey you know what that's pronounced cyber sex and um, and now like as as soon as it was announced on like you know the australian financial review or whatever uh people realized and they've started to rebrand as cx cyber so before you uh before you start naming things cyber this cyber that and using the term cyber remember what it used to mean <laughs> when I say ASL. this, so. <laughs> they start hitting up the company like, spicy. yeah, take off my Roman wizard's hat. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> also, I can't figure out uh, what happened with Periscope. Hopefully, we're just banned. Um. <laughs> Hey yo, hey yo. Oh, and hey, uh, Black Sheep Spicy, what's good? Um, does anybody else have anything else to uh, share before we start the news? No? Cool, cool. So, we have some interesting news this week. It's been, I feel like, I feel like we've been spoiled with some really crazy stories lately that I feel like I'm like, oh, this isn't really that cool a story, but let's just <laughs> keep going <laughs> and cover them. So, this, this first one. Kind of nice. It's kind of nice though. Nothing's destroyed completely. Well, some things are, but nothing's like it's not like an endless, like horrible thing. So I guess we can just chill. Nothing a little bit. I care about is completely destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this first one here, interesting. I mean, not really that interesting. It just kind of goes into this, the rest of the the things that Microsoft has been doing of trying to, to limit profanity. Um, but yeah, so they're trying to use AI in, in fucking the biggest air quotes possible to filter Xbox Live Chat. Um, I mean, it's literally just going to be people that are just paid to do this, and, and just like very, very basic filter. Like people come up with the most like creative ways to swear, and they have been since people have been banned from swearing online. So, right. oh yeah, like using just a Unicode character and being like, well, like even though you can do, uh, you can easily detect this shit. Yeah, I uh, I actually I built a swear filter a long time ago for uh, a game server, and it was a pain in the ass to do like because there's so many different ways to get around it. You could do like similar characters, you could do the Unicode one, you can do spaces, dots, exclamations, anything. You could put it inside of another word and capitalize it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but to be fair. Uh, their bot Tay seems to be pretty good at generating profanity. So, absolutely, it's not absolutely. that impossible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, it could be one of the. Sorry, it could be like one of the better use cases for AI if they did it right. Honestly, because it's one of those things where like it really can't be solved well by traditional algorithms, and but it's yeah. easily solved by humans. But I mean, there's the, you could do. There are so many ways to to ex, exude profanity. Like you can do it with yeah. ASCII art. You know, you could do it with like 
there's just so many different ways to do it. I just, I feel like it's just always going to be something that is circumvented immediately after people spend a lot of time in R and D. <laughs> yeah, although that's the beauty a... of the AI is that you can you can train it on that data once mm-hmm. you see that. If you have uh, an Xbox or PSN account, though, like I'm, su- I'm surprised to hear that people haven't like I've got like you know the, the traditional uh, cam girl bots that hit you up and they're like, hey. This is so crazy, but like, you know, I'm going to go on webcam, lol. And, you know, like, I like responding to them sometimes to see what they say, things like, you know, I'm four and a half. And they're like, lol, I'm so naughty. Um, but I think I'd like to see like a war of the bots where the, the, the spam game has to step up and they start doing, uh, you know, like automated uh, circumvention and then like more automated yeah. filtering until just like, until Skynet of, of cam girl bots. On, uh... so, um, so something I've started doing is uh, on my LinkedIn profile, I have a little blip that says, uh, I won't accept any requests without a cat photo in it. Um, and it's, it's been surprise, surprisingly reliable uh, in that I haven't received any cat photos, but I've received a lot of LinkedIn requests. And they're all... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but something I've wanted to do is to like basically take those inquiries that are total spam and redirect them to Maybe, maybe like an uh, just a basic uh, Markov chain bot, or maybe something that's using like an LSTM, and just see how long I can get those accounts to to track that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be awesome. Just let, let them like just have a bunch of keywords and just see like what yeah. bots to do. Like, oh yeah, so ten years of uh, you know, yeah, this is P programming, and uh. 20 CEH certifications. Oh my God. I mean, that would be similar to, uh, I did something like that with Twitter a long time ago where it would just generate buzzwords and kind of genetically select what the best buzzwords were. Yeah. Um, it'd be kind of similar to that. I think uh, one of the other best ones I've seen is the guy who brought all of those recruiters into a big group chat with LinkedIn and was mm-hmm. like, hey, I want to add you to this project. You know, I think you'd be a good fit and just through like 20 LinkedIn recruiters all into this chat with each other. <laughs> we should definitely, we're, we're going to do a couple of different uh, syncs to matrix channels. There might be a funny one to sync LinkedIn messages to a matrix channel and just have everybody respond. Oh yeah, we got the, uh, <laughs> we got the other one set up, right? Uh, yeah, I think Hermit was working on that. Well, yeah, uh, that one's going to be fun. We'll check in with her. Um, but yeah, cool. No one's ever going to get fully censored. Um, this next one, interesting too. Um, I was reading this and kind of pondering some of the, uh, the mysteries of, of uh, SSL certificates. This is just a study that was about um, SSL certificate, like misissuance, which is like a lot more common than I think, I guess. I, I don't really uh, consider it that much, I guess, as far as like just, there's just random weird things that people have done that have created either like SSL certificates that are valid for other sites that don't belong to the person who they get or who, who actually requested it or just like incorrect certificates. Those just like, see like random bizarre errors that are just like, I don't know. Accidental wildcard? Hmm? Accidental wildcard? Yeah, like there's stuff like that. Like there's people, like, well, they said a lot of them though is, is uh, human error too. I mean, like if you're doing a bulk amount of like manual or like semi-manual generation of SSL certificates, like 
I mean, there's going to be errors somewhere, but the errors is going to be pretty catastrophic if you're, you know, it's a big company and someone's trying well, to. Yeah, I don't know. One of the things is like when I hear about the company shutting down for SSL certs, it's usually like a big, like they issued something for Google or star.com, right? But I, I imagine there's smaller errors, like you mistyped the domain or, you know, you added dots at the end of it or something. Yeah. I mean, if you look on Shodan, like, and you, you see, like, a random IP's results and there's uh, a cert on any port, um, usually, like, you can usually check the common name, right, to see, like, what this is. And, um, yeah. I mean, that's pretty pretty cool for, like, uh, finding vhosts that where the domain is, like, expired. Um, but, yeah, like, it's, it's just kind of, I don't know, like... People, like SSL is previously been really hard, I guess, is the biggest thing. And now mm. it's using like Let's Encrypt or whatever, it's become much easier. Uh, but that's not the majority of people, I think. It's like a lot of small uh, deployments. But a lot of like larger companies like don't have the luxury. And then like the largest companies where they have, the, you know, they're signing certs off their own HSMs. Um, that's like a whole different, methodology and management of certificates like that's a different yeah. thing in the ass yeah like oh part of what we included sorry what like using a c api as opposed to just using like the open ssl command line yeah yeah well this it, beyond that though the interesting thing too was i look into um just people who are certificate authorities that people might just abuse on the side i mean if you're like really really going hard and trying to get like an SSL cert for something and you're like a nation state or you're just like some some like dickhead who just wants to like fuck with somebody um I mean there's you know there's always a weakest link same thing with like why sim swapping is effective is you find somebody who's willing to accept a bribe or to um just be sketchy or just not know what they're doing um but I mean some people have sort of some certificate agencies though had said had charged for revoking compromised certs for selling um, certificates for man-in-the-middle attempts and for actually issuing rogue certs. So there's like actual cases of this that have happened and it's it's just a thing. It's just pretty scary. Yeah, just I like mean, some bored, broke person is just like, oh, whatever, I'll just sell, you know, this yeah, <laughs> weird random rogue cert to apple.com. I think it's like a hundred grand or something for an intermediate signing cert. Like, I don't know. It was last. I haven't looked at it for some time, but uh, getting a cert that can sign other certs was yeah. uh, like for like like higher TLDs. I guess is uh, is pretty pricey. Yeah, well, and I think but also, also you not, need to... not with not um it's not not in the budget of a um you know big operation. I guess. Well, I think to be trusted by the browsers, you usually there's a set of, there's a specification. Um, that you need to to meet for that. There's like a CA browser forum requirements list that I believe is required for you to be able to actually issue uh, those root CA cert or to own those. Well, that's, that's the root cert though, but you can get an intermediate signing cert that's signed oh, by the yeah. root cert to sign more keys. So like you can still buy- Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, uh, going after the root keys, like good luck. 
Um, yeah, if you don't no, have that's the, a good like, point. Funds and and people or like the resources you need to go after like a root CA. That's it's mm. a big dream. But uh, yeah, you go after an intermediate one. It's a bit easier. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they also have standards that they need to follow though. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, it looks like they're breaking them. So <laughs> that's that's probably that's funny true. Bit. Yeah, that's probably. Oh. <laughs> one of my favorite bugs that uh moxie like moxie did a talk at like defcon like i don't know like 17 or something about uh open ssl and one of the bugs that he showed off was um a null byte in the uh, uh in the common name so it was like you could sign like um like wildcard null byte dot evil domain dot com oh and uh, yeah that, that was pretty cool but the way he showed it off was really sweet because he showed the like the code for uh, from OpenSSL, and then he just blurred it, blurred it, and he's like, "Look at this! Look at the shape of that code! Like, you know, there's a bug in there, just like this huge <laughs> curve." It was like really, oh, yeah. I remember that. Hell yeah, that's dope. Um, yo, so the next story that we have in here, I've been thinking is really funny. I meant to put this up at the top, actually, below or underneath the second one or the first one. This one is Domino's is using AI surveillance to monitor store performance. And it's like such a funny thing. Like, so they have this thing called Dom. It's like a pizza checker. And it just basically just uses like computer vision stuff to, to check whether or not a pizza is the correct type of, of uh, like shape and has a red amount of toppings and things on it. Um, Yo, White, do you want to meet real quick? Um, <laughs> um, so, I'm not muted. Uh, I'm muted. It's weird. Okay, sorry. I just found a bug in Zoom. Exploit. Yeah. <laughs> you fast. Um, so yeah, this basically this thing like it it dings if you make the wrong kind of pizza or make the pizza wrong and it's not perfect. Oh, and it's just like I don't know. That just seems like the most like hellish place to work if it's just like it sounds dystopian. Like, yeah, because it's like oh, you're not really being managed. You just have this thing that's just like vaguely judging you. The pizza computer overlords. <laughs> that is not a hot dog. <laughs> or um, what was it? The the Domino's pizza app where you could like take a picture of the pizza and just draw it in MS Paint or whatever. Yeah, like that was that, that so that's the exact same engine that was being used for this. I mean, is that I'll bet you that was training data. I'll bet you that's why they did that promotion. Imagine though if you worked there, if anybody here does work there who's listening, um, if you take a picture of a nice pizza and you like make a little like like a little mask for your pizza and put it over it while it's being made. This is a um, pass the test. I mean, at that point though, you might as well just make a good pizza. <laughs> like that's. A I mean, it's easier to print out a piece of paper and uh, make a little make a little mask or just put it. <laughs> take a picture yeah, of yeah. the store. Take a picture of the store and then put the like a pizza like right in front of it and then put it in front of the camera and just block the rest of the field of vision of it. That'd be cool. Yeah. I love this oh camera. yeah, like like tape it over the top of the camera even. Yeah, you can, like swipe it past the uh, past the camera. Like every time you have an order up, just like make no pieces. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you <laughs> like, put, if you attached it to the camera, I'm wondering if it needs to move or if it can just always. Because like if you have it something like taped to the camera or whatever, then you don't need to swipe it every time. I mean, we're talking about minimum wage, like pizza. Yeah, making. but like it's. I feel like they want to like circumvent this. Yeah, it's like a few pieces of paper and some tape. It's not a very high tech 
solution. <laughs> I, I don't feel like I would take pride in being a Domino's pizza maker. Like I make the best Domino's pizza. <laughs> like, I mean, there are people who do it really fast. See that person who, who made the boxes really fast too at Domino's. They have a competition for who can make the most. It's like, yeah, but like I don't know. Maybe they, they probably have a monetary reward, but other than that, it's all about the monetary reward man yeah you would definitely yeah, if, yeah. You, if you really wanted to be like a pro pizza man like surely you would go to a pizzeria yeah domino's is not like the end game of making pizza for sure yeah like, Domino's has a lot of other issues is use ai surveillance yeah. it reminds me of like china just like putting ai surveillance on yeah i know it's it's, it's like, really like it's a systemic problem like same as yeah. Yeah. Then um, the next uh, progression is going to be it administers it administers a small electric shock whenever you make the pizza wrong. <laughs> yeah, I like this. So, like the screenshot straight away like failed to upload the server and the URL like zero to zero, <laughs> eighty ninety two. Like, okay, cool, thanks. Info disclosure. Well, the funny thing is, um, like, so Domino's does their whole pizza tracking thing, and on that screen they have a section that's like checking quality. And it always takes like 45 minutes. So you know that that's not what's actually happening during that. Like, <laughs> you know, they're yeah. not carefully inspecting the pizza. But it's just also, I don't care, right? Like, I don't care if my pizza is misshapen as a consumer. That I mean, as long as it's not like burnt. To hell. As long as it's not Domino's pizza, it's fine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, I, I just like, yeah, I'm not buying Domino's pizza because I want to have a, a very high quality meal. I buy it because I want a piece of trash to just shove in my mouth. Like yeah, I'm probably hungover and I just need some grease. I just want grease on like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's food for the sake of food, not for the sake of enjoyment. I mean it's like cardboard to begin with. I wonder if the AI can like give you like estimated like calories, estimated grease. Like you, you will die after seven hundred of these. Like, I mean six hundred. I think the AI like, can I, I think if the AI started doing that, Domino be out of business like that's that's information that you don't want those customers to see flat spot and suggested it or asked if the live pizza monitor is on showdown and i would say that this probably is and so i really hope so it. It well uh, we'll get back to you for next week <laughs> check the safari zone section next week and if there's <laughs> we'll see what happens but yeah i mean i'm assuming that Definitely, it's gonna got to be attached to the internet somewhere. So we have our top researchers looking now. <laughs> Drop in Safari. We'll give you the um, Google book. <laughs> um, so the next one here um, is a big uh, duh, I guess. So this uh, court, uh, the foreigner here. No one has this too. I'll post this again in the Twitch chat. Um, this is our show notes for this week. Um, so the uh, secret court rules that the FBI's backdoor searches of Americans violates the Fourth Amendment. So clearly, I mean, people have been saying this for many, many years, but the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, or FISC, has uh, said that the FBI has conducted tens of thousands of unjustified queries of Section 702 data, and that it's just basically been everything that people have been saying forever, that there's just a lot of warrantless searching and wanton collection of data that has just been a thing and it will continue to be a thing and um yeah i don't know i mean it's it's good to finally hear it be said but it's like it's like Surprise. 10 years too late <laughs> you know? yeah i mean that's kind of the deal right like just start doing it like you know it's easy to ask for forgiveness like wait so they determined it was 
unlawful, are they going to do anything about it though? Um, I'm not sure. Like, is that behavior going to change? I think that's always the big question, right? Like, I don't, I mean, I don't think that this is, what are they going to be able to do? Like, realistically, like, gut the NSA, yeah. gut the FBI. Like, I mean, you could just say stop doing it, but yeah. As it is. But yeah, I mean, the, like, it, it's pretty clearly not, not legit. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, basically, like, the, the this, this article is basically saying that they push basically, uh, um, Congress um, to either repeal like the the ability for them to do to for ability for or repeal the rule that allows them to overextend the rule and do what they're doing now, um, or require that the FBI get individual warrants that are approved by a court. I mean, like yeah, I don't see that. <laughs> no, that's never going to happen. And I don't it's think like it's passed be- the rule in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is endless, and it's just like going to continue to be like this. And frankly, I don't have any uh, any faith in anything changing, um, at least while Trump is in office. So, yeah. I think one thing to keep in mind then is uh, if you are the subject of one of these investigations, uh, I'll, you know, keep that in mind. Hopefully you're not. Um, but I guess that's something that you can use on your side. In Yeah, I mean, I guess you could fight it and you'd have to probably go all the way up to the Supreme Court with that kind of thing. I don't know enough yeah. to say that, but. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not a lawyer, but I mean, that's that's just something to know, right? Just don't end <laughs> up in court. Don't get don't get caught to go to court. I mean, don't do crime. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's that. Um, this next one here, I forgot to, to censor out hacker to just be douchebag or criminal or dickhead or whatever other word. So people who this person just used the V-Bulletin. Um, exploit that came out a couple weeks ago and just uh dumped um 250,000 user accounts from a like a sex worker site and it's just like yeah of course like people are gonna use sexploit but of course it's just this is the kind of thing that happens when i don't know software sucks like it, it's hard to figure out who to blame here but yeah um, someone got put, a... put a bunch of people at risk um you know because of this stuff it was a one-liner. It was like a curl one-liner to get RCE as well. This like so, <laughs> it's like a uh, an easy to exploit bug, and someone was gonna do it. Yeah, it wasn't gonna take. I'm kind of amazed deal. that we're still finding new RCEs in people. Like, what? How much code base do those guys have? Like, <laughs> yeah, this, this like, is like been a lot of that. You could have grepped for a vow to find this to find it. I would be really curious to see like what the what the percentage of coverage is for the, like the vulnerabilities in some of these systems. Zero. Like, no, no, no. And it, the other way around, like like what percentage of this code has been involved in an, a vulnerability path, like in the past? Ninety plus. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's like you could, but it would be really interesting to look at data for that. It'd be tricky to do, but it'd be interesting. Yeah, I think there's been like so many bugs over the like you'd have to really dig deep because how like there's so many like just a, a typical V bulletin installation like there's the stack is complex enough that the bugs run deep like you can go all the way from like I don't know hard bleed exploits like in the nginx or Apache or SQL bugs or then like you know PHP bugs like PHP deserialization stuff. Um, or even just like with deserialization with PHP itself, like there's bugs all the way through it, mm-hmm. um, all the way through the stack. So 
it could, you know, whether it's reboard in itself or, uh, you know, cPanel bugs even. Because that's where most of, like, shitty forums are hosted anyway. It's, like, shared hosting. <laughs> cPanel. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, there's just so much, like, so many places to attack. I haven't heard that name in a very long time. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I heard it recently. I'm like, oh, that's right. People still use this? I heard about it last night. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, I mean, just if you have Vbolton, if you know anybody that runs Vbolton, just tell them to update. I mean, if they haven't already been completely owned at this point, I'm assuming that anything that was running a vulnerable version of it is mining Bitcoin or is a part of some stupid botnet like Joker's Trick dot arm. <laughs> it's one of those things, though, where there's like an easy dock and. Uh... You know, people are just going to be running scripts, dropping their like using whatever yeah. bug comes out this week to drop their shit yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Well, especially if it's pre-auth RCE, you know that's always the the worst. Yeah. Just throw it at everything. Super easy pre-auth. RCE. Clearly, the solution is to move to the IPv6 space so that they can't enumerate, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember before we before we move on, you reminded me of something. Um, you guys saw the, the Cloudflare warp stuff, obviously. Um, it was a new like sort of technique uh, where because you're appearing from like the CDN endpoint, um, you could access boxes that were filed off on, uh, firewalled only to the CDN. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, so like not exactly a like a WAF bypass for Cloudflare or anything, but just a regular firewall accessibility. Oh yeah, I have to look into that more. I actually didn't see too much of that this week. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a few people that have been looking into it, and yeah, that was pretty interesting. But um, WAF won't save you. Well, <laughs> would have never thought. Um, <laughs> so uh, the next one we have on here is about uh, GitHub that is planning to renew an ICE contract. So a lot of companies in America have been cutting ties with ICE. Uh, because of increasing um, division and, and their, uh, I guess, their practices. I've been called into question a lot and people want to be associated with it. But GitHub, even though a lot of people have been saying that they don't, like in GitHub, have been saying that they don't want to be um, associated with ICE, they are doing this. And as well as things where, I mean, GitHub is like, I don't know, it's like, it's very difficult because, like, where do you like draw the line with this kind of stuff? I mean, yeah, people have yeah. every right to do their their policy for it, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like it definitely is down to whatever the company decides to do because GitHub is a service that just does version control. They're not really supposed well, and, to be um, politics, but I mean, I don't know. The fact that right, so they're, they're doing a GitHub enterprise installation is like means that it's hosted on their servers, so it's even further detached mm-hmm. from like if it was on their cloud. Wait, yeah. so how is this like how is this tie in with immigration? Is it like, oh yeah, they use that SSH key, they must be an immigrant, like what? So no, no, no. So is, it's uh, basically because ICE does all that stuff. I mean, we saw a ton of different things where you know people have you know beyond everything with like you know people in being mistreated, people's data being just stored in places and shitty servers that have like little kids like birth records in them that are just like out in the public. I mean, they use definitely a lot of technology. So I'm assuming that that's probably has to do with whatever code base they have to run their like IS7 app oh, server. Right. 
you know, yeah, yeah, so they're, they're running GitHub, like they're not like partner. Yeah, and, and actually, yeah, it's, a private you know, it, it's it's a less common installation of GitHub as well because, like, again, it's not what most people are used to, which is the cloud where you go to GitHub.com. It's mm -hmm. the self-hosted version as well. So it, yeah. I don't know. It's like it's even more detached than if it was on their cloud instance. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. still it's, think that it's a hard problem. It's, uh, I mean, it's actually still funny, like, if, if you haven't looked mm -hmm. at GitHub Enterprise before, um, they have uh, like a encryption library, uh, encryption encoding library for like all their Ruby code. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, it's actually not. It's it's an encrypt. There there is a key that is used to I guess crypt the the bytecode. And, yeah, um, yeah. They haven't changed it forever, and it's like a joke. It's like we know you're going to crack this or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, the the whole idea there is you're selling an enterprise, so you're limiting the. The yeah, access. but I mean, like, when, like once you, you get root on you it, know who it is. Yeah, like once you get root on the OVA, though, like, so because you can get a trial and just download the OVA, like anyone can grab it and install it on VirtualBox or whatever. Um, yeah. And there's like a fifteen day trial, but at that point, um, you can obviously easily get gain root on a VM that you control, and then um, you can you can crack it. But uh, yeah, I mean, also the GitHub Enterprise ships with that that vulnerable version of SSH that that um. That you can do the the auth success message, lib so. uh, libssl. Yeah, is that still is that still a case? It's not fixed. Um, that's the last time I checked. That's what that's what one of the main software things that was shipped with that I like when I looked it up. So who knows? <laughs> Someone can check <laughs> in the chat if they want to and say how to ice for us. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think though it's an interesting thing. I mean, it's a lot of people want to cut ties with it. It sucks if your company does dealings with somebody that you don't want to, especially if they're like very actively in the news. You want to like distance yourself from them, you know, not be like, oh yeah, GitHub, GitHub heart ice, like you know. But yeah, yeah it's, it definitely blows when you're. But I, ice was the uh, the subject of this season's first like first episode of South Park uh, before the China one was like you know basically yep. swatting people with ice, being like that guy's an immigrant, and then like ice just like ripping them out of the house or whatever. Yeah, people do that. That's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's been happening for a bit. It's, it's been happening for like over 50 years. You know. yeah. um, Outside of ice. Where's yeah. your green card? I live here. Um, um, yeah, I think it's like, it's one of those things where really the best solution to that problem is through actually fixing the fucking problem that's happening. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's like you could have people boycott something forever, but if you're not fixing the thing then there's no point in doing that <laughs> yeah you can't starve them of technology they'll just find another another solution yeah you can just problem. host your own git somewhere you can just run yeah. git, git on any server it's yeah easy. and i'm yeah it's or you can use spn or you know atlassian has plenty of great solutions or you can just have one giant paste pin and then every yeah. w the code from it's there. like post all of your source code on the paste bin Doesn't yeah like curio client so contain a hdp server like just like hg like server whatever i don't know i don't know <laughs> material is uh yeah it's like like gets gets uh mentally challenged cousin i'm shouting out i'm laughing because i'm shouting out tug proud in the uh, chat <laughs> <laughs> um so hello hello um so then the next one here is somewhat related i guess and that 
Um, this is Twitter says that it will restrict users from retweeting world leaders who break its rules. This seems very pointed and specific. Um, yeah. <laughs> or just show the follow count is zero, no matter how many followers they have. That would achieve the same effect. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, do you guys follow any world leaders on Twitter? Because I don't. I don't either. Uh, does Papa John count? <laughs> oh yeah, he counts. Yes, and I do follow Papa John. I'm I correct. <clears throat> so it seems though as a way for them to skirt around their own policy to um to not ban Trump, despite the fact that he just like declares war on people and shit like <laughs> actual all the time. <laughs> like actual war on people, um and just says bullshit that might like fuck everybody up. Um, he, I, I I think he recently tweeted. Impeach Prez now, and there was some. Yeah, yeah, it was impeach Prez. Like, like, like it was like, like it was like uh, a, an actual copy paste. Like, yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, there. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, it's interesting though. It's a way to get around the fact that I mean, people definitely world leaders, governments use Twitter and other platforms to spread propaganda. Yeah. This happens in you know, a bunch of countries. And definitely it's a good step in the right direction. I think, besides from just banning Trump, which is probably be the best case scenario, and any of the other leaders that do this bullshit, but yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there was a, uh, if there was an internal, like, separation there. Like, if some team was like, oh, you won't let us ban him? We're just going to do this instead. Well, I mean, Trump has like specifically been strong-arming all the CEOs of social media, social media websites to like get them to do what he wants to do or whatever. I mean, he had that summit where basically it was just like everybody who whined about like their fake shadow ban, like conspiracy, like um, just got to basically just yell at Jack from Twitter. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I feel like they're, they're kind of in a tough spot um, as far as being able to actually say, yo, like shut up. You don't know how any of this works. I mean, maybe it would be a good, like in Trump's favor if he was banned from Twitter. So maybe we'll just leave him there. <laughs> like, you know if he didn't have all this dumb shit to say all the time we wouldn't be talking about it but he does so that's pretty funny it's cool you know, it's like, great give someone enough rip and let hang himself like, i mean I, I think he's been well hung if that's the case yeah like <laughs> he's well the only hung. time he's ever been well Did hung. you just call the president of the united states well hung <laughs> I, I, I followed up with it the only time he's ever been considered that but yeah um so before i dig myself deeper into my own grave um this next one is is in a similar vein and this is interesting too so facebook had said that uh politicians can lie in their own ads um but they're taking down a bunch of other ads because, dude there's so many fucking ads here are you serious hold on I was just gonna get <laughs> it's literally i look like it looks like i accidentally got redirected to like clickhole.ru or something and it's just all clickbait <laughs> Get, get so some surveys. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I don't care what office. Oh, that's your problem. Can. It's Buzzfeed. Yeah, it just shot me down. It's like a, a bunch of. How many times can you put Jim from the office in a thumbnail? Like, there's. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> the actual story is Facebook said politicians can lie in ads, but it takes down a bunch of political ads because they violate rules. So apparently. Like it's fine. Facebook announced that it would allow political ads or as a men the truth in ads, but all the ads that have been removed are because of things like uh, 
like fake buttons in the ads and like other like misleading UI tricks, which the is profanity. just the profanity. Like what? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, you can blatantly say whatever you want to, as long as you don't have a click, like a, a fake click here button in your, in your video. I'm downloading no now. passwords. Yeah. Download <laughs> One of the cool things that I used to like was uh, the friend stack thing for face, uh, for Facebook. Um, basically, uh, the friend stack was like a little frame that would show everyone who liked the page that you're currently on. It was the plan. It was that that was what the plan was. Um, mm-hmm. But all it was was an iframe with the ID of uh, of the page that you wanted to display. So you could iframe like the id for people who like facebook on facebook and mm-hmm. so it would just a big stack of people be like all your friends like this page um, <laughs> and facebook would dynamically generate it for you and then like that would build trust in it so like yeah you could just straight lie with like ads like that and be like yeah all of so, your friends think this is a great idea and you'd be like don't you like, i guess all looking at all this uh looking at this uh post i i hate to defend facebook but the buttons are pretty uh, misleading like some oh, of them absolutely. are like they have a yes and a no, and if you click on either of them, it's gonna get you the ad. So yeah, absolutely. It's like the oh, like double tap the button, like or whatever. Like, yeah, so like, I think it's a little bit of like a, it's kind of a false equivalency there. Like they're not really mm-hmm. uh, associated to one another. Yeah, but I mean, I think that it is interesting though that that the Facebook had also said that people can lie in ads and ads. Like I mean, I don't like Facebook is literally the reason why. Like the like Russian psyops were able to be carried out against the government, not only against against the U.S., not only against the U.S., but a lot of other countries have used the same tactics. Like in Myanmar, yeah, a bunch of other places have used the same tactics. Like, come on, <laughs> like there's no moderation of that at all. Like, I don't know. It's just uh, very- as long as there's not cuss words, there's no moderation. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get that Microsoft AI on it. Call out, call up Watson. Where'd he go? <laughs> Play Jeopardy, but we he need Clippy. That you know, the world's gone to shit since we lost Clippy. That's the so. truth. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's I don't know, interesting to see how this will play out. I mean, Facebook has just been consistently screwing up, and I don't like them, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, cool stuff. Um, so last one we have on here um, is actually meant to go in the Goodreads section, but it's just um, definitely interesting for people who want to know what it's actually like to be a journalist targeted by nation state malware. I mean, this kind of stuff's been happening all over the world by a bunch of different regimes. This one's Israel here, but other ones have been China and um, other countries as well. So I don't know if you want to discuss this. It's pretty depressing, but... <laughs> I mean, in the case of like where you're the tar- where you become the target of a nation state for whatever reason, like lol, good luck. Um, yeah. And I th- that's you know, that, that's what I always think about this when like Trump uses the iPhone, right? You know, like uh, does he use the regular Twitter client on iPhone? Like, is it? You know, does he have I that? Bet. I I mean, I don't know actually. It's I think it's his Twitter for iPhone sometimes, but let me double check. Probably check. I yeah. mean, it's usually like other people tweet. He just yells at people like tweet this. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, the, somebody did analysis. He uses a lot of different like, <laughs> random devices. It's mostly not the same device. So I accidentally didn't finish typing "real Donald Trump" for some reason, and it just got me to this person just named Real Doe. 
and the name is just Rialdo. Yeah, really, really bad for that person. I'm following this person. I think that all their what is it, 18 followers are because of that. Yo, keep it real though. Real though. <laughs> this is like <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so yeah, did anybody figure out if he's using that or not? Um, no, I I think I blocked him. Um, oh yeah, we can go to no log, no crimes. No logs, no crime. And yep, that's Twitter for iPhone. It is primarily Twitter for iPhone. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> and ch- shout out to uh, this site here if anybody ever needs to quickly get to Donald Trump's Twitter account. Uh, no logs.nocry.me um, goes to, uh, yeah. I'll update that pointer. <laughs> Nocry.me is a fantastic domain. <laughs> um, so the other thing I was going to highlight too, uh, vaxunderground.org, uh, our buddy is in um, Riot. He's been updating us on the progress of all of his VX archives. Um, so if you are anybody who, if you are somebody who is ever into um, old virus writing um, and old malware stuff, um, check out his site. It's on the, sh- the show notes here, um, vaxunderground.org. He's definitely putting a ton of work in, but he def- he would also, um, he's requesting some help. So put in some information in there if you want to get involved. Um, if you are somebody who either has a big cache of old malware or uh, in source code, um, or is just somebody who knows other languages and other scenes that might be able to help translate some materials, um, definitely check that out. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff, uh, techniques that just, like lost to the wind almost mm-hmm. uh, and the majority of, of InfoSec land. Yeah. Uh, and there was always like this thing where like the best, like the best hackers didn't really come from wanting to be hackers. They were from like a demo scene or they were from you know, mm-hmm. the scene or something. And then like, Oh, I learned all these, like, you know, I learned how to make sweet demos and I realized like that everything I did now applies to this. Yeah, pretty much. Because I mean, a lot of the techniques that you'll see in all those things are, are definitely like a lost art. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like, especially for DOS-based viruses, um, are they're using techniques that realistically don't work anymore because you can't use like like the straight BIOS interrupts that you would be able to use like in DOS mode. Um, so all those things are kind of like, yeah, it's it's interesting to see the way things were achieved very very quickly. But then through looking at that as well, you see some of the the ex, the the way to adapt those. And I think that's what makes it really difficult for people who you know, want to write actually good malware is that it's a lot of stuff is, is tried and true, but that's because Windows is incredibly complicated. And it's, it's the only people who've really been able to keep up with it are either people who have been able to dedicate a ton of time to learning all the different nuances of the uh, you know, Windows kernel programming um, and driver programming, um, or people who have just been there as it has evolved over time, because it's, it would have been a lot easier to understand had you come at it in 1994, you know, right. and were able to follow the genesis of it instead of looking at Windows 10 now and you're like, what the hell is any of this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> why are there 700 APIs with the same thing? And then, yeah, yeah. Work? Or even like, <laughs> even just low level stuff like uh, assembly languages, it, it's a lot more difficult because there's a lot more considerations to take into place. 
Like if you, if you have a buffer overflow in a modern operating system, it's significantly more challenging to exploit mm -hmm. to all of the different controls yeah. in place. Like one of yeah, the yeah. rabbit holes I went down doing the, I was playing around with uh, just writing MBR stuff, like uh, bootloaders in like 512 bytes or whatever. So like you have 500 to play with. And I was trying to do like full screen ASCII with it. And then like I go down a rabbit hole where I'm like reading articles about polymorphic shellcode so that I can like make more stuff on one screen. Like yeah, absolutely irrelevant to, you know, like that's not how you would use it. If, if you're going to write polyshell, like you're not going to be doing it in a, like a bootloader for like a real world scenario, I guess. Yeah. No, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I, when I went into my phase of writing stuff like DOS demo stuff like that, that stuff is like, it's even though it's a lot more simplistic, the things that to, that you have to do to make something like 64 bytes in yeah. shell code is and like a three, just like a 3D engine people have been able to make in like 64 bytes. Jeez. Like there's, let's see if I can find, is it, hold on. Um, yeah, some of the stuff that people do with like the code golf thing is insane. Yeah, there's actually like a there's still a demo scene meetup in this like MIC. It's pretty. I've been there. It was uh, a different crew of people, like like totally different from the infosec meetups, and yeah, they discuss different things as well. Like you go to a regular infosec meetup and you get like the intro to SDR or like. This, like XSS thing or like some uh, plugin someone's talking about and those guys are off going like so on like Commodore 64 when you wanted to do like this and I made this last week <laughs> like what I don't know. A... I'm trying to find this demo here I think I found a video of it let me see if I can is this a poet yeah it is damn it hold on um but yeah i mean there's definitely a lot of cool stuff though that um that uh, vx underground has been collecting and there've been people that have been coming out of the woodwork to uh to show uh, show um the curator uh what like they have so it's pretty cool to see that there's a lot of people that still might have this stuff that isn't archived anywhere else it might just be on some like ftp server that someone forgot about or something or just on some disk that somebody has so it's been pretty cool to see that the progress that he's been going through and, and actually making stuff for people um or collecting the stuff and making it available available for people so um, vs7 so yeah. is that that's gone now right yeah like yeah oh man there's some articles on there by uh sepultura on archive.org shout out rip some of those virus guys man they were uh they're not around anymore some of this stuff is so old yeah it's funny too if you ever look at some of those virus things as well if you um if you see some of the credits on some of them sometimes there's people's like because a lot of people who did it were in like universities and it was just more of like a thought experiment rather than like you know the virus scene now where it's just like a ransom a hospital please like can give me the give me 10 bitcoin like people who are actually very smart who were writing this stuff um like you see that they'll have like their emails and things. And if you look them up and then find them on LinkedIn, it's like pretty funny. I've seen a couple of them um, where people who are just like, oh yeah, I'm just like a senior engineer at like Google or something. And, but like, you yeah, know, like they're, they're super successful. <laughs> yeah, like they're very successful, but like they're they're clearly writing some very crazy stuff back in the day. So 
it's, it's really cool to see. I, I like that. I remember when I first used to go on like textfiles.com and stuff, I'd like try to look up the people who like wrote some of the, the text files and things and find them, find their like weird websites. And it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, a, a little while ago, I did a write up on a really old exploit that was fairly well known, but I just kind of was new to me. Um, mm -hmm. And I found the guy who originally posted it and it was really interesting. I had a little brief conversation with that person. Um, and it's always kind of humbling to see that like people have been doing this for quite a while and they're yeah. pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah, and you might not even suspect the idiot. You might be like, oh, who's just like person, whatever. And you're just like, oh, they like literally wrote like some crazy like metamorphic like virus engine in 1992. Like, okay. <laughs> now we're just at like a soccer game or something. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's uh, like the kind, of, but it's a little bit like the uh, the pseudo bug we saw this. Week. Everyone's blown up about this pseudo bug, but it's kind of a rehash of something old, being new again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, actually, we should talk about that before we get into uh, before we get into the bug bash stuff. Um, yeah, the pseudo bug. So, do you want to explain it? Uh, not really. Okay, I'll do it. This is a okay. misconfiguration, basically, but yeah, go yeah. Ahead. Well, there's yeah, there's a specific situation where uh, I, I believe it. It depends on the order of how you have your pseudoers set up. Uh, so if you have, if you restrict uh, access to root, um, but you put, is it, it? It's the order of of uh, all all users in root, right? I think. Um, yeah, okay. And then if you do it that way, basically you can put a, a pound or a you know comment in the command when you're calling sudo and use that to execute as a as a different ID, as a different user ID. And yeah, and the UID is like being based on the size, um, which has obviously changed over time. But I think that it worked with a different value previously. But, uh, I don't yeah. Know. Um, but yeah, it's a very specific configuration that's fairly non-standard. Um, yeah, that was the thing I was thinking. It's just that, like, the way that it that it's um, like I, I couldn't get it to work on anything stock. I tested it on a bunch yeah. of different systems. It didn't work the way that it said it was the working. That I was um, thinking is like uh, I was re remembering that Docker does a lot of the the GUID uh, separation for namespaces. Like it's feasible that maybe you could use that in a very specific situation to to move from the Docker user namespace to the host user namespace, but I don't know if that would apply to this situation or not. Yeah, it's like it's, uh, such a rare set of conditions that need to be met. Yeah, and Lucky posted um, he put a done a POC of it. I mean, it makes it makes sense for this specific thing. But I, it doesn't seem um, well. Actually, lucky if you're still, if you're here in the chat listening, you had to have this vulnerable config. It didn't work. Like you had to alter your config to do this. Yeah, um, you have to have a specific configuration for it to do. Yeah, uh, I, the, I've the, never. I, seen I think either. the original, the original um, announcement of it had a POC in line. Yeah, I saw people sharing some different ways to, to actually set it up to be vulnerable, but that's the thing is if it's, it has to be set up to be vulnerable, it I mean, yeah, it's still a bug, but um, you know, a lot of people I saw were retweeting it saying it's like the 
you know, crazy bug and pseudo. It seems more like a CTF kind of thing rather than anything. Like, well, I mean, um, yeah, it's like it's feasible that somebody would have that configuration. It's not like you have yeah, to yeah. explicitly enable a debug feature or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But it's not particularly common either. But yeah. there was that, uh, do you guys remember that pseudo bug where you could uh, simlink? Um, there's a format string bug and you can simlink pseudo to uh, percent %s. And then uh, when you execute it, that's like argv0. Huh. So yeah, it's yeah. another another like command injection type thing. Yeah, but if you had a command injection, then you just exploit pseudo. <laughs> like, so yeah. you could escalate pretty easily, like just with it, like by creating a symlink. Um, and then I, obviously you need the rest yeah. to go with it. But yeah, that's that was the crux. I don't really understand the uh, inner workings of sudo, but it it seems like it may it may be calling another command. What, what it seems like to me is that there there would be some sanitization of what the user ID is, and that there's like probably two there's a probably sanitization that happens, and that check doesn't resolve the full number. It might like tokenize it and parse it differently, um, where it, it sees like negative one and it does something different with it. But then well, when so it actually the negative says, one is not actually. The negative one is not required to exploit this. It, it's the it's the hash I think that that causes the issue. Is my understanding of it at least. Ultimately, um, when you run when you run sudo, you're trying to set your UID to zero or your effective UID to zero. Like there's a yeah. few different ways to do that. And I think that the thing I haven't read sudo's code, um, but that's what I was thinking was that would probably be the case if in well, some weird scenario where it would create a condition where it's not checked properly and then the actual Maybe. syscall that is used to set the UID to zero is what actually resolves the number because it's not, like, because if you're doing an ID with a dash U, that's going to be either a string or a, a, a integer, right? So those, that that would have two separate ways of parsing it. But ultimately, if you yeah. had it and it determined it's an integer, if that's when it'll get resolved and become zero. That's what that's what, how I thought of it, but I don't know if that's the case. Anybody can correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. it would definitely be a, a a string to int cast if so because like it takes a username that's you or the ID separate or like yeah. separately. Yeah, yeah, I don't know the specifics of that, so I don't know. Code path would have to split. Wow, we're just speculating on the internals of pseudo live on stream. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have to read that. I haven't read. The, I never thought to even read. That. But yeah, we were talking about too. If this has never been buzzed out before, it's interesting to see that this is a bug um, and that nobody had discovered it before. Sue's been around for a bit. Um, for a yeah, while. Back to you on those syscalls. Um, <laughs> so yeah, does anybody have anything else on our in our show notes before we jump into our guest interview? There's a lot of cool um, Safari things this week. Oh, if anybody hasn't checked them out yet, let's put this in there one more time. There we go. Alrighty. So, uh, buses, RGU, Spectres, y'all here? Yep. yep. What's up? Hey. Hello. Hi. Um, so, what's good, y'all? Doing pretty great. Hacked some cars last week. Had a good hell time. yeah. So, um, well, even though you guys are always on here, um, do you want to introduce yourselves for the people who might not know who you are? Oh yeah. All right, for sure. Go ahead. 
Here, bus, you go first. All right. Um, buses can fly. Same handle on Twitter. I don't know. I do hardware things sometimes. Automotive. That's about it. Nothing super cool. All right. I'm RQU. Uh, I do embedded stuff. I do things with computers every so often. Uh, some crypto, some RF, all the fun stuff. Um, I'm Spectres, and my nose is broken. Yeah, uh, no, I, I yeah, it's do do car stuff and yeah, that's kind of it. I guess I was kind of hoping you'd sound more like Squidward. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, hell yeah! So awesome. I'm glad to have you guys. Um, you had so you had a, a really cool event that you were asked this past weekend, and you've actually all of you have been to a bunch of these events. And they, they seem to not get as much coverage um, as people I, I as I would like them to because there's a lot of really cool stuff that happens mainly probably because of the nature of the event. But do you want to uh, discuss I guess what you did this past weekend? Sure. All right, who wants to go first? <laughs> I can take this question. Uh, All right. Basically, um, Bug Crowd invited us invited us and what like 15 or so other people yeah. out to Detroit to hack some cars. And so they set it, flew us all out, set us up and uh, gave us um, access to seven or eight cars and just told us to hack them and paid out bounties on all of them since obviously bug cars, bug bounties. Um, yeah, and background if no one hears, if anyone here hasn't heard of bug bashes, it's just like on site bug bounty stuff. They do some web ones, but mainly ones I've been to, and I think RQ inspectors have been to are like the physical hardware ones because it's nice to be on site with the hardware, with the cars or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Especially the really expensive ones that you can't just like purchase and bring to your house. I know. Yeah, exactly. That's like I mean, the best part. If they want to send them over. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, Maserati. I think there might be a bug in your vehicle. Can you send me uh, two? Yeah. <laughs> I think we had a thread on Twitter about this. Yeah, yeah, we definitely, definitely discussed this in the past too. <clears throat> Tesla. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, Listen to the track later. Injury reserve. Jailbreak the Tesla. Feed anime. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so, uh, I guess what specifically about the bug bash, can you tell us, is there anything exciting that might have come out of it? I saw that you guys got like, what, $50,000? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of got overexcited and maybe blurted too loud. Um, <laughs> yeah, some of us weren't please, so keen please, on Jerry, but yeah, please don't rob me. Uh, so <laughs> also notably not each, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I would I would assume that it was divided up, but that's a lot of that's a lot of bug bounty. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, something something that like they really prided us on was like we've they've held other bug bashes before and like pretty much our team alone is like pretty much uh made up for a single bug bash, uh, which is really cool. So we were really excited when we heard that. Um shout out to Kevin, awesome fucking dude. Yeah, dude. Um, at Rosen Awesome. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he manages all of the bug bashes and he manages a bunch of other stuff at bug crowd that uh, dude fucking parties oh my god <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> yeah <laughs> jesus um 
But yeah, I think one thing that was really excited for me, exciting for me personally, is like something that you would not normally see is like a, uh, like an attack. Uh, we like kind of had to create a whole new attack chain for. So like all of our bugs that we found were all leading up to one specific attack that we really wanted to fucking do that like we still haven't even gotten yet. So like, um, yeah, like pretty much along the way we were just like, oh, these random things have like no off. Oh, like these random things fucking work for some reason that's stupid yeah, these random things bypass the only security measure yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we were like trying to lead up to this one big bug though and like we were told that if we had gotten to that bug we would have made another 50 grand on top of what we made uh which was like our goal ultimately but we had found so many things along the way that i think we just got like super sidetracked mm-hmm. so, so yeah so when you come and and actually do this kind of of uh bug bash what is it like when you are trying to prioritize your your way of doing this because i would assume it's similar to like like a a timed ctf or something where you have very little time to actually do it but when it's a real live device and you're working with a group of people how do you coordinate your plan of attack i mean very very honest answer is we didn't yeah we definitely yeah. like we were all planning on like working separately at first and then all of our shit didn't work and then we were all like all right do you guys want to like fuck around now and like we all started heading in one direction and then it just like happened to all come together at the end it was really weird <laughs> yeah so for for me basically i showed up with uh one exploit that i fully Cheater. expected to work and it ended up not working they had patched the issue or fixed the issue like literally a few months before uh, and it wasn't, as far as I know, even, well, I don't know. They they patched it very recently, and there was no way that we could tell they had patched it. Uh, and then, so yeah. After My... that, I basically tested for the first hour and then went and sat down with specters and buses, and uh, we kind of just looked at, okay, what's on this vehicle? What would be a good thing to attack? And we ended up finding this one component that seemed interesting. And mm-hmm. we pretty quickly identified, okay, we can we know that we can get through it, but there's a sort of complicated chain of uh, prerequisites that we need to figure out before we can actually do that. And so at that point, we pretty much knew all of the different components that we'd have to focus on. And it was just a matter of like actually doing it. And uh, every pretty much every step of the way um on the way to finishing that uh that final exploit we found some new finding that we could submit and yeah pretty major (laughs) it it pieced together surprisingly well but also about like the time thing i didn't i mean obviously at the end it was a huge rush but throughout the days it wasn't too big because (laughs) we just went back to the hotel sat inspector's room and kept working yeah yeah i mean there was definitely a difference from like last year too because we had done this event last year as well like me and rqu did um and like my like my exploit last year got fucking put to out of scope this year so i was like oh i'm gonna go and like not find shit now that sucks um but then i had asked for a bunch of files beforehand i literally had stayed up the first day until like 3 or 4 a.m like no sleep fucking going to the first event i'm like guys there's so much shit we can do here yeah (laughs) Yeah. I'm so excited about it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we pretty much had to like make a bunch of stuff like on the fly. It just kind of happened. And then we just found shit along the way, which was super fun. And it kind of felt CTF-ish because 
we were all like, I guess like internally in our group, we were all like, all right, let's find the next one. Let's submit this one. Like, let's see what gets fucking denied here. Like, yeah. um, so it just ended up being like really fun at the end instead of being like, you know, I'm here for work. Uh, like, gotta find these exploits. Or I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's fun also because it's it wasn't really about the money in the first place. Yeah, it was exactly. just a ton of fun with friends. Absolutely. Yeah. And y'all been a, for a while too. Like all of you individually have been. Yeah, it's been a year, I think. It's been a year. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, like for me and RQU, it's been like a year of bug hunting, right? So. Yeah, almost exactly. Or my first bug bounties were actually uh, the automotive uh, bug bash last year. Yeah, same. That was my first bug bounty submission. That was my first time hacking a car. Somehow they invited me, even though I'd never hacked a car before. <laughs> <laughs> turned out to turned out that it worked pretty worked out pretty well for them. But yeah, I remember jumping into Thug Crowd and being like, "Oh man, I really want to go to this car hacking event." And then it's like somebody was like, "Oh yeah, Case is in here. Just ask him." And I was like, "Please invite. I will <laughs> like please just invite me out. I really want to do this." <laughs> oh yeah. So, no, I mean, that's awesome. What was up? Yeah, um, so I'm looking at our, our bug grab page just kind of to like summarize the event. Uh, one okay. thing, uh, this really stupid, literally last minute bug that just we posted got a blocker on it. Oh, it's really? the last one. That oh, LOL. So anyway, <laughs> let me read from the bottom though. We have P1 unresolved, then NA, P1 NA, P1 NA, P1 unresolved <laughs> duplicate, P1 unresolved, P4 unresolved, NA, NA. <laughs> Like okay, wait, no, the, the P4, P1 the P4 R was actually serious. NA, no, that P4 should have been a P1. NA, P2, NA, P4 unresolved duplicate, P4 and NA, P5 won't fix. Wait, yeah, how did that... Uh, so we ran yeah, from no, like that's what I'm P1, saying. P1, 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 P1 to just dupe, yeah. dupe nothing. That, that P4 one that we submitted should have definitely been higher. I agree on that. Oh, yeah. E. But it was All crazy. Right. And I think something that was really fun, at least for us, and got a huge round of applause, and I dumped a link in chat, for this bug bash, for just the payments to researchers, we didn't just break their budget once, it was three times over. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, we broke their budget multiple times over. We also uh, apparently what doubled almost tripled the record for any previous automotive uh live hacking event. yeah so it's like kind of a awesome. massive event it's yeah cool. and then we went to the that. bar and then we were told that uh we went over our tab <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, somebody <laughs> a hunter walking out like some other researcher walking out literally got stopped at the door and was like yeah you need to pay for your tab and i walked by and i'm like man sucks to be you <laughs> so when you do when you do this sort of thing um what sort of tooling do you bring that would be different from doing say a live uh web hacking thing because you're not given the luxury of time as much as you normally would be with any other sort of plug um cps stuff um but then it also the element of car stuff and um actual physical devices coming through. so how do you, what kind of tooling do each of you bring to the table um you know how do you prepare for this kind of thing what like what does your setup look like um you know you don't have to share too much of any trade secrets but um just for people who are curious because it's like i don't know what i would bring 
at all. I'd be like, I have like a bus tire. I'd be like, oh, I don't fucking know where to plug this in. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh, no joke. That's what I did. So like with the hardware specific one, like with like an IoT one, there's a whole bunch of different tools, you know, like JTagulator, Bus Pirate, all that yeah. stuff. Cars, it's a little different because you're probably not going to really like bust open the infotainment and start soldering to it. Though there are test benches. But like yeah, legitimately, I was like, I have no clue. Let me throw my bus pirate in my backpack. Yeah, I I still have uh, most of my stuff packed up here, so I can just dig through and mention anything interesting I have. Oh, um, I mean, you need the OBD two cable. Come on, boys! Oh, I was yeah. waiting for. It. I gave you a chance. Yeah. OBD two, <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course. Obviously, so. some sort of uh, OBD two to like USB adapter, Cantact, Cannibal. I, I think want. even just like having something that can read like DBC files is super good just because when they yeah. send you the configuration for ECUs, you go to those DBC files and you're like, okay, this is the first thing I need to hit in order to even fucking do anything, right? Mm -hmm. So having those was like the biggest help and that's why I stayed up so late multiple days was just reading through each documentation for each car. Yeah, also something that came in use, like came in handy and I could say this in the DM, but you know, whatever uh specters can you mail me my soldering iron back <laughs> yes uh, yeah you, anyway, you freaking you messaged yeah. me that one night and i was like i'm awake you can come to my room it was like 3 a.m anyway yeah. <laughs> um so one of our teammates also leonard you know shout out that's the key fob guy um he at one point used my soldering iron we desoldered the flash chip from this one thing and was we, reading it and that's like yeah. more on the extreme end of hardware yeah so this was we desoldered well leonard desoldered this like 48 pin nand flash chip and uh in a hotel room reader yeah he just did it on a glass fucking room. table on a glass table <laughs> he did it so quick dude he and did like, it so quick yeah, it was like half an hour <laughs> and he gets this clean dump of a of a big 48 pin flash chip um, god but yeah so soldering iron uh flash reader uh anything like that is great raspberry um, pi that same raspberry night we pie, found Arduino. we found all the no-off too because of like some random fucking socket connection we were like what that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah. do they provide caffeine or do you have to bring oh yeah uh, they no they provided, provided everything <laughs> yeah they provide yeah. everything you could ever want there's a point um, where i wanted to go to a vending machine and just put some money in and we rate limited the credit card out on yeah. vending machine snacks. Yeah, Kevin was like, oh "Yeah, no, don't, don't pay with your own money. Take my credit card." Which, by the way, big Ooh, mistake. mistake. Uh, <laughs> Wait, never... Arky, what did you what did you ask for Kevin for uh, after? Because like we were like we might re get a reward, and I know you asked him for something specifically. Oh. Um... Oh. The mask or something. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I asked for uh, Thug Crowd branded balaclavas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was down too. He was so down to buy it. Kevin was like the coolest dude I've ever met at one of these things. <laughs> oh, oh, this is kind of a favor for them. We just want to go officially on record and state that Thug Crowd and Bug Crowd have no association. Yep. Yeah, please stop threatening to sue us. Okay, it's just a humorously yeah. funny coincidence. Tell your yes, lawyers it it's fine. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um. Yeah, so um, other tools, I, I'm digging through oh, some of my Oh, I have a screwdriver now. set, like a bunch of hex bits yeah. and all that. You know, Ethernet adapter. Someone Ethernet was using a great USB set. is a big one. Um, yeah. A lot of cars actually have uh, Ethernet. If you plug in an Ethernet to USB adapter, they'll that have really... a interface on the, the thing, infotainment. The thing yeah. about that is, like, if you can get lucky with some cars, I've seen it before. If you get like the exact USB Ethernet dongle the devs use, 
know, the USB ID or whatnot matches, and that gets you a little something. Yeah, so, like a super common one. Yeah. So bring every USB to Ethernet dongle. Honestly, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or a great fit, you know. I mean, it sounds uh, like you. just like a ridiculous amount of adapters is always a good thing to have. Yeah, yeah. a ton of adapters. I have an I evidence bag that I store all my stuff in. Yeah, one thing that can like read and send CAN messages is good too, because uh, there's going to be a lot more security implementation in the future on cars, yeah, in my can't. opinion, right? So like, like the Mahina, like uh, P2 or the M1 or whatever the newest one is. Uh, M2. That I really want to buy M2. Yeah, I really want to buy one of those now, because Minty told me about it. But um, yeah, I had the what? What was the uh? My value God, the can. One, yeah, the value can, but that's too much money to keep relicensing and stuff, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and Linux is nice. Yeah, so yeah, Cant- yeah. Cantact, Cannibal, Machina M2, you know, all that stuff. Minty's Nano Can. Yeah, that one I'm pretty sure he said you could just print yourself. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he provides the board files. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, um, also, if you ever go to one of these events, just, like, don't be afraid to talk to engineers because the whole way, like, the, the reason all of this worked was, like, I had literally sat for like the first hour or two talking to this one guy that like managed just all their product security. Oh yeah. And I yeah, just no, like, I, mean, I like, drilled him with tons of questions. Yeah. This is uh, th- the only reason that event ever happened is because these guys want to find things on their platform. Right? Exactly. And they're super yeah. supportive. Yeah. It's not a test. It, it's a little different from like a CTF. I think in that it, it's, it seems like it's definitely more collaborative with yeah. It's the, it's yeah. not a test or a competition. You're there to support yeah. each other and, and yeah. improve their company. This is yep. definitely one of my favorite things about these events is that everybody there everybody is there to make sure that as many vulnerabilities as possible are found. Um, like you, and you know, you're okay. sitting five feet away from whatever expert who made whatever you're working on, and so you can just go up and ask, "Hey, if I do this, do you think it'll work?" no because some other thing or yes because you know xyz here i'll even help you develop the exploit like people are there helping you and giving you documentation and giving you everything you could ever want just to try and make it as efficient to find and poc these vulnerabilities as possible or even like you you like talk to one of like you talk to like the leader of the program and you're like hey i found x thing i stopped because i didn't want to get sued um but here you go and they were like yep hard stop all right good job Well, I know that like, um, I know that at some of the web app ones, they'll actually give you snippets of source code and stuff like they're, mm-hmm. they're very willing to help versus, you know, like if, if you're face to face with somebody, you can show them more than you could. Yeah. Like if there was a possibility, they would steal that. I mean, yeah. And instead of snippets of source code for web stuff, you also get, you know, like snippets of hardware here. We got a few yeah, pieces yeah, of, same of hardware. I mean, we even, we like asked them for firmware and they were really polite about it. And they were like, yes, yes to these, no to these. Um, they pretty much were just willing to give everything to us, and like yeah. we were just finding everything too, um, real, which is real, great. Real quick, this came up in chat about like enterprise level tools, and like, <laughs> yeah, they're there sometimes. But if I'm completely honest, it's something I want to push more about hardware things too. Is like, it, you know, expensive isn't always better. Yeah, like it, it might have some some clean features and like some tooling or like it, blah blah blah, but you can do a lot for cheap. And honestly, but, I don't think any of us have super expensive yeah, tools most, or like anything special. The most expensive thing I have is my Proxmark, uh, which was what, like three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars. Most of this stuff that yeah, most of this stuff that I've brought <laughs> is 
under 100, under 50. Like, all right, yeah, yeah like 60 yeah, is expensive exactly. for me, so yeah, yeah, 100%, right? Like, because we're like, we're not fucking out here big balling right now, we're just college kids fucking trying to have a good time, hack some cars, yeah, like a few more <laughs> events like that, and your tune may change, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I'm coming out with the best tools, baby. Nah, we have a dude that like does that to us every time we go where he's just like, yep. fucking, I came out here with everything. I brought my whole company with me and it was like, God damn, all right. <laughs> in the end, it's not needed. Honestly, yeah. it's not. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, it was, list, it was a good though, time. You can get a lot done with like things like, but like a bus pirate B3 is like super cheap. Compared yeah, dude, to 40 bucks for a bus pirate, 60 honestly, for a cannibal. A really, uh, it's yep. a pretty solid ecosystem around open hardware, it seems like. Yeah, that's awesome. A lot of, I mean, obviously, you have to put stuff together, but Ooh. you want to go super cheap. Self-promo uh, here. Knock-off J-Links on eBay for like 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. China does wonders for uh, cheap cheap parts. Hell, yeah, it does. Hell, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Self-promo. I'm not actually making anything out of this, so you know why not. But for anyone in the chat who's like no clue about hardware stuff and wants to get in, I just did a level up talk on it. And Spectris has a level up talk about how to get into car hacking. No, I don't. Don't watch mine. <laughs> okay. Spectris does yeah. not have a level up talk. You can find it level up X0. <laughs> zero zero X04. Mine was four. Yours five. Yeah. 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 Um, I will definitely, you can find the talk Spectris did not give in the chat where I'm going to put it in. But yeah, um, it's not hard to get into, and I'm really against that view that like hardware is super scary. Yeah, same. I agreed. Yeah, it's Actually, more it's more expensive than software where everything's free, but still, like you can do even. a lot for twenty dollars. Yeah, I definitely definitely yeah. agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's just so many interesting like attack scenarios for vehicles. Like nobody really knows like how to hack vehicles, and like every like every so often the scope just completely fucking changes. So you could go and just like make shit up while you're there. Um, and it's really interesting in like the U.S. right because we mandate that like engineers have to be able to access certain functionalities of vehicles in order to repair them because we have right to repair. Um, so that just opens up like tons of fucking issues for car companies, which is great for us. Uh, because you totally take advantage of those. <laughs> yes, and that that's all I'm going to say. Aside from like low-level can stuff, just like something I'm sure most of you are pretty comfortable with. For I think up until recently, uh, cars with uh, infotainments running Android were mandated to have ADB on them. Yes, oh that's part God. of uh, Android requires everything that is mm -hmm. running Android to be to have ADB available in order for it to be considered does it, Android. And does it have to be running though? It no, doesn't you, normally have to be it's just under settings right. though. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. the same way you do it on a mobile device. But also if you think about it, you know those cars when, when you speed up the music turns up. So that's mm -hmm. reading, you know, the vehicle speed, which is on the CAN network and interfacing with the music. That's the infotainment system. Oh man. Hmm. We're not saying they connect, but like maybe go look into it yourselves they, they and connect. maybe run yeah. IF config <laughs> and see 10 0. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like R by D fucking one because it's highest priority to keep your infotainment system to like communicate with it. 
And it's just, oh, just fuzz that. Like, uh, you have to, you have to go really, really fast, and it will do an integer overflow. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's what we should have said though, because they took us out onto like a racetrack. Yeah, oh I've gosh. never gone that fast in a car before. Yeah, I mean that's I mean, ridiculous. We only, yeah, I, I topped out at fast, the track speed like, limit. <laughs> yeah, um, topped out. Yep. Yeah, I mean for a thirty-two bit integer, you're going probably faster than sound maybe faster than light i don't know yeah well if you just bring one of your friendly neighborhood car hackers in the passenger seat you can make that happen yeah or, or i mean you can also just spoof the valley <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah. I, I guess is there any um like what are some i guess surprising things that you've discovered in your quest to be car hackers Oh, as you are for hackers. Um, What's some of the more interesting things that you could talk about that wouldn't get you in trouble? I can talk about some stuff that wasn't part of this event, though. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it, it's you know it's uh, it's not my thing for sure, but also within some with some friends, it's kind of like my little tag for installing Doom and video games on things, like Flappy Bird <laughs> and Doom on various infotainment mm -hmm. systems and car chargers and all that. It's just surprising how crappy a lot of these things are set up, like. It's it's the mindset of like oh no one will look at this, like car hacking just left the 1990s and it's like 2005 ish. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen infotainment systems where a sizable amount of the firmware is, and a sizable amount of the functionality is the Lewis scripts that are, <laughs> you know. <laughs> put together and you can look and there's like comments that are like you know oh. uh, issue issue xxx uh <laughs> that he needs to, to do this. wait so um there's this one random piece of firmware i was looking at a while ago and there's a call to like a variable named vodka log level oh <laughs> my god ass man ass man dude <laughs> <laughs> that shit was so good they, these these engineers writing scripts are fucking crazy <laughs> yeah so so some car out there has vodka log levels oh yeah but yeah you you see like commented like debug or like to do that's like the stuff that you would never put into production right like the swear yeah. words and error messages or whatever yeah well guess what it's all in production yeah your swear know, world. Like, it's probably <laughs> It's probably gonna be sitting in somebody's car for like forever. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> after, after the bombs drop, you know, and Earth is gone, there's just some random little smart car sitting underneath all the rubble with that uh, string of text stored in it. So yeah. here's here's one thing that I really want to address, and I think that I can say uh, out loud is, um, oh, my mic just shut off. No, you're you can't say no, it out loud. Okay. Yeah, so like I, I, I didn't hear static anymore. Um, pretty much external facing CAN has been like a huge fucking deal for me. Is like if I can access the CAN bus on the outside of the vehicle, how do you not think that's an issue? Um, and there's literally people who have told me to my face that that is a fucking, uh, that is a fucking feature. And I'm like, no, it is not. That is stupid. I'm very mad with that. So <laughs> what Spectres means is like you know, like specific like devices on the exterior of the car uh, like your you access to the can network yeah However, your reverse sensor like that has can messages to it and shit I'm dropping a Go link ahead. in chat right now about a tweet i did a while ago about someone who just routed their obd2 cable outside their car <laughs> yeah 
but yeah, <sighs> external God. can is a, a pretty big deal. Yep. There's also interestingly some some devices on the can network can bypass the gateway and are just like physically wired to bypass the gateway, and those are pretty sweet thing to look for. Oh yeah, that's also always yeah. really cool. It's like if you can actually get the wireframe of like a vehicle and you see mm -hmm. like oh like here's here's like some security functionality here's where it bypasses is like on this sensor that does X, and it's like I saw one that was like a uh, your rear or your outdoor mirror on like one side. For specific other manufacturer, uh, like I'm Honda, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't do anything with them. I think um, you go to like the right mirror, and it's like, oh, that communicates with Can. It's like, why, why, like, what's the point of this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It it's weird, and the cars are just so complicated. It's an unimaginable amount of stuff going on. Yeah. But yeah, to, to entice people, we can bring it back to talking about the uh, the bash because I highly suggest you get involved with this stuff. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I they think the bashes are like the best thing about uh, bug bounties. They're they're obviously not paying us to say this directly. They paid. <clears throat> they already paid us. We're saying this of our own free will. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how uh, I guess do you get involved in this sort of thing? Because it's like if you're doing car hacking stuff, right? It seems like you are. Well, it seems like you all have, have sort of stumbled into this field. But what are the sort of prerequisites that you need? Because instead of being like, how do you get involved? Sign up. It's like you have to have other backgrounds to be able to approach this, you know, in a in a realistic way, right? Um, so what I guess do you suggest people look into as far as other sort of skills to bring to the table that would get you to the level where you can actually start attacking cars so, so uh, my so my experience before uh cars was mostly uh embedded systems anything with embedded is going to be useful for cars because an infotainment system is just embedded android or embedded qnx or embedded something uh all of the engine control units, all of the other computers, that's all just embedded stuff. So that's definitely a big one. Yeah, um, and it's I think it's the case where a lot of just like quote unquote traditional stuff just carries over directly. Like for a while, all of my car hacking was just like, well, this Linux server happens to have wheels. That was, yeah. that was the whole thing. Or this Android <laughs> device has drives around. But yeah. it, to really get into car hacking, it's not anything, you know, super special you know get pretty good with linux stuff android stuff hardware is helpful so you can you know logic out what's going on but honestly and with my background uh, you don't really need much just be interested you know chat around yeah people... i definitely i definitely think it's low-hanging fruit when it comes to bug bounty spectrum like web stuff yeah. i feel like is so i don't want to say oversaturated but like definitely competitive right and then like i go into the car hacking space and it's just easy targets, easy things to do, basic knowledge. Um, and then like now I'm starting to get to like the moderate knowledge level where I'm like, oh, I kind of know how this works. So like my workflow is a lot better than before. <clears throat> By the way, in with cars, uh, the, in my experience, the main barrier to entry is just getting something that you can hack. Because uh, like, yeah. I don't have enough room to have a car that I just hack. So, um, but yep. in terms of the actual difficulty, you know, you thought 
IoT light bulbs were easy. Cars are, you know, 10 years behind even those. Um, like, just if you have the ability to get the hardware, get something to hack, just dive well, just, in and see what Just you buy some radios out. online, right? Yeah. Like, just buy the radios and then, like, your connectors that connect to your infotainment systems that you're ordering, like, there's adapters for these things already. Like, you can even plug it straight into a power supply, like, into two spots on the power supply, like, 12 volts ground, done. Uh, that's all you really need. Yeah. Uh, if you, like, want to start hacking, like, infotainment systems and, like, car radios... Which I think is the coolest. So. eBay and dumpster diving. You can buy key fobs, BCMs, ECMs, <laughs> ECUs, whatever you need. Yeah, dude, go to yeah. the junkyard and try to convince the guy that the ECU is not an ECU, and then you're like, give him like five dollars. It's just a hunk of metal, man. I just, I think it looks cool. <laughs> I'm serious. That works. It works for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I imagine that nobody else would be crazy enough to spend five dollars for a random electronics component. Right, like, <laughs> I just need it for my Halloween costume. And then I go to the junkyard again next week, and there's like 50 people there, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> All trying to pull out ECUs. Wait, I take that back. <laughs> Don't dumpster dive for ECUs. Yeah, right. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I guess, is there anything else that uh, you guys want to discuss on this topic? I mean, we can go a little off tangent with the bash still, if anyone's interested. Sure, go for it. It, it was. I highly recommend if you ever get an opportunity to do this, or you become interested enough, or you find the right people, or whatever. If you want to put a bash, do it. We had a single one night. We finished. This was the last day of actual research. We went out to this one place after you know finalizing everything, getting rewards. Um, and the same night, we played bunch of arcade games we threw axes raced on tracks uh what else threw up we went we went bowling bowling Bowling. yeah dude yeah Yeah, we went bowling with footballs Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh Uh, i mean just reach out and like ask right like there's people like bug crowd people are like on twitter like project or like the uh platform managers are on twitter right so like Mm -hmm. go ask kevin like if you want a shot ask him obviously know that you have to perform the first time but everything after that after you perform is like you're gonna get invited back more than likely you're gonna get invited to multiple events because that's like literally what i did i was like i i didn't like go into bug bounty hunting having like four previous like submissions i literally went in and was like hey i'm a car hacker i think i can do this and i know you guys are just hosting this like how about maybe think about letting me try because it'll be fun <laughs> and like i got my first p1 so um <laughs> Yeah, by the uh, way, that's... Yeah, buses, you can. Yeah. yeah, by the way, that's another thing. Uh, I think all three of us, the first time that uh, we did any bug bounty stuff was bug bashes. So you don't need any sort of reputation on their platform or anything. You just have to, you know, if they have something where you can sign up, sign up, talk to people if you can, reach out. Yeah, or ask to be somebody's to plus involved. one, right? Because, like, yeah, there's yeah. people with open plus one seats... Um, yeah, if you know somebody who's going to one, ask if they can bring you along, and I can, crowd will usually let them. Hey, RQ, real quick, can you look at our Matrix chat? I want to make sure everyone's cool with the story I want to tell. Uh, just a moment, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah, go ahead okay. and tell that story. So, um, I guess you read the, that last line. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Um, so what happened is, I think last 
year, two years ago. I don't know. Last year. Was, yeah, last year. Yeah. So um, there's this event that happens every year over the summer, open to like college students. It's called the Cyber Auto Challenge. Yep. And it's a, it's a place where they bring a bunch of experts in the field, in the car security field, to this one place. A bunch of the OEMs are there bringing vehicles, and they give training to all the students, you know, like how to, very basic to all the way up from, you know, how do vehicle networks work, hardware reverse engineering, software reverse engineering, all that stuff. And then the last day is a 24-hour hackathon where you get to, you know, hands-on with the cars and test that. That's actually where I met Spectres. We were totally random. Uh, we just we were sitting at the same computer at this one station on this one vehicle, and got to know each other that way. And then Spectres went out, you know, uh, got into that one automotive bash with <laughs> with RQ, and then I was uh, Spectres plus one to the IoT bug bash, and that's where I met RQU, and then we all met there. And then now we're kind of each other's plus one and all invited to the same event. So it really just started from Spectres and I at this like little intro to car hacking event. And we met each other. And I, of course, I have friends, other people I've met there too. So it's all just, you know, kind of networking, finding people interested in the same stuff as you and taking it farther. Yeah, so I definitely agree with that. Like it, it was uh, just more like, like I had met these people prior, like slightly like RQU through Thug Crowd, through... Uh, Defcon and stuff, mm -hmm. and then like just going out to the bashes. I like I invited him to the first one because I was like, "Hey, I have no friends. Please come with me." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then you know, obviously, buses was cool too. And he was. We really wanted him to come out to the car hacking one, but we couldn't invite more than one at the time, so we had to like chain it out. And it just keeps chaining outward from there, which is like the best part yeah. about like finding friends and just like hacking stuff with is like it keeps getting like paying it forward to like other people to get invited and you know now everyone's working in a future everyone's open to sharing like exploits and vulnerabilities with each other like things they found and that's like what i really loved about the car hacking event it was like we went the first year we met a ton of people and then this year we just saw all of them again and like there's people from ukraine there's people from you know israel and like we never get to see them but this one time a year we get to see them and they just come and they fucking own just absolutely everything yeah yep. <laughs> so yeah, I just love how like open to sharing everyone is since like we've all made relationships and stuff. And they're just so cool with like new people we bring on. Like we're like, oh, here's X. He's new to this stuff. So yeah, mm -hmm. definitely ask is all I'm saying. Just, you know, put your stuff out there. That's awesome. Yeah, if you're at conferences, get involved with that kind of stuff. If you want to do car hacking, if there's a conference where the car hacking village is that it's mostly the same people all, all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, awesome. So yeah, um, I guess anybody else in the chat? Let me just double check here. Been, oh yeah, I've kind of been looking away. Um, so LP No Way says, "Tell us how you feel about on bus telemetry devices." <laughs> I mean, what do you, uh, what no, do you I, mean? I know what he's. I know what he's talking about. He's talking about like how like uh, can messages can be read to telemetry devices to go back to your insurance provider. Oh, um, oh or like, uh, or you know, like the OBD two connectors that like go to your phone and stuff. Yeah. Um, I do. I I like have a research project already in mind with a bunch of those, and I can tell you right now, I do not like them. Oh. Um, and there's um, already fucking issues. <laughs> so, just so like a life advice thing, it's like a small thing. But like, don't drive around with that like scanner dongle plugged in all the time. 
Oh my god. Like not even for just like security and like internet hacks for it, but like the way the canvas works, if if it you know somehow becomes corrupted and it's spewing out a bunch of garbage, stuff can can go wrong pretty quickly. It just DOSes your bus and you just fucking like lose con- like safety functionality of your vehicle. Yeah. Something bad happens, maybe you drive off the road and you you know your car's on fire and now you die because your doors or, can't unlock. Or alternatively and more realistically, that's like probably won't happen. But if it does, you don't want it to. So <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> but also having a Bluetooth device always plugged into your report is like you know not, not the best idea. idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think Minty uh, makes stuff that's like uh, remote controlled, like can telemetry type devices. And he's always like, he's always like, yep, I'm trying to remotely drive this car. And it's like, oh, okay, that's not terrifying at all. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that's really freaky. Oh, so mm-hmm. OEM solutions. Uh, so I guess like in terms of OEM solutions that are like made to be specific, like, telemetric devices there is still like some stuff i don't find secure about it whether it be like how it connects to its you know back end or how its back end is ex- exposed or which developers are fucking keeping track of that shit and what they're doing with their damn code um but yeah <laughs> i mean in general i don't i don't really want my car phoning home to some sort of you know logging server just in general maybe i'm weird but you know i mean the tesla's are nice though you know what i mean because like a Tesla is like, oh, it always phones home to what is it, mothership or fathership? Now it's one of the two. Yeah. Um, and it's like always reaching out to that. Yeah. Um, and there's I, so much data that's sending back. I don't like them purely from a privacy perspective. Like they have also like century mode maybe, recording but, video. Yeah, LOL, maybe, the last dump had like my phone number and address. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. we go and we like root a Tesla and we're like, awesome. We're going to fucking, I'm going to share everything with everyone. And then I like, I just inadvertently set all my docs to like fucking four <laughs> researchers. Really and then, know. yeah, you yeah. fucking hits me up at a PM. He's like, yo, um, all your shit's on here. And I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, I found your Spotify playlist. That was cool. Yeah. you. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Good playlist. It was, it was a goof. Yeah. It was a goof. Please. Hey, wait, did I, do I have that? Uh, <laughs> not, not yet. I think I do. <laughs> do you actually? I think so. Yeah, who gave him the fucking firmware? There's no. the playlist that's being passed around, not the firmware. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yikes. The firmware. Oh, no. Hacking music. You're gone, dude. You're gone. <laughs> 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 but yeah, my music tastes is shit, by the way. I completely agree. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> and confirm. 182 is okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. I'm out of here. Bye. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. So, um, I guess. So, what are some of the improvements that you're seeing? I guess when you're doing these sort of bugs, are you? Are you? Have you ever seen a bug get fixed and then you go back and find a new bug based on the bug that they fixed? Well, so I've definitely experienced. I think both sides of that spectrum. We're like, uh. You know, there was like external facing can on something. I got told in my face it was a feature that pissed me off. Uh, so that's going to be like probably next year's DEF CON stuff. Um, but <laughs> there was like, like their security gateways have like immensely fucking improved. Yeah. I'm so proud to like go and do research and then just see like, oh, this has like 400 RB IDs that I can just go and poke at and like, oh, here's the one that unlocks the doors. Whereas like, oh, here's like the latest version. I can't touch shit without fucking like having to do something very specific. That sucks. <laughs> it's cool to see the improvement because one, the existence of can gateways is pretty sweet. 
Yeah. yeah. That's literally like, you know, firewalls not being a thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're they're consistently getting improved. It's nice. How do you how do you feel about the key fob stuff? Oh, yeah, uh, that's our cues um, thing. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> yeah. So key fobs are something that I've spent a bit of time looking into. Um, I've been pretty impressed in some ways and disappointed in other ways uh, at many different manufacturers um, for, so key fobs are, they've been implemented in different ways since like the mid nineties. And a lot of them have been using the exact same cryptography and the exact same hardware since pretty much the mid nineties. Uh, and you know, AES was invented in the early 2000s. So all these companies for years, for decades, were using broken cryptography, broken proprietary cryptography from the mid nineties, um, that they knew was broken for years. Um, but that is slowly changing. Um, some manufacturers are doing it a lot faster and doing a lot better job at it. Um, some other manufacturers I'm not so impressed with, uh, but you know, it's pretty cool when I can see that, you know, I know the 2019 model is vulnerable. And then I look at the 2020 model and, oh, cool. They actually fixed it. And not only did they fix it, but they also backported the fix to the previous years because turns out the hardware they were actually using, uh, or the hardware they were using actually supports AES. They just forgot to enable it. And so, you know, seeing that they're actually taking that stuff seriously is good. Uh, but the fact that it took some of them 15 plus years from when the algorithms were found to be vulnerable to actually fix it is kind of not so great. It's, it's cool to see this kind of improvement over time, though. Because uh, I think it's like 2002 to 2010 Subarus, the the codes that the key fob sends to the car and back are just incremental. Mm-hmm. You know, this is I, I don't know when rolling codes were first introduced, but like rolling codes. Were <laughs> I learned that today. <laughs> they were rolling codes have been around in key fobs since the 90s. They yeah. Just, okay. They have been so poorly implemented. Yeah, uh, but like up until about 2016, those were just incremental. Like you can just capture any like lock code and generate infinite unlock codes from that, or like open trunk or whatever. And then there's some cars. There's a few out there. I'm not sure about naming them, but you can Google a few of them where there is some sort of rolling code system. But if you just keep replaying the old codes, they just are still valid. Like yeah. they have a rolling code, they just never <laughs> invalidate the other codes. <laughs> and that's there's... multiple different companies yep there's also uh companies where they have rolling codes that use you know xt which is secure except they use the same cryptographic keys for every single vehicle (laughs) so you know do a little bit of reverse engineering and now you can unlock every single one of them um yeah and that's surprisingly common with a lot of things because you know paying for security to make each device individual is expensive. Yeah. Who would want and to do that? So one other really interesting thing about cars uh, is the auto, the car manufacturer doesn't actually make 
most of the stuff on that car. Mm -hmm. So with key fobs specifically, the reason why they're so awful um, is, you know, the car manufacturer, all they do is they take this box, put it in the car, put their logo on the key fob and start selling that. Uh, the, the company that actually makes the, you know, writes the code and makes the key fobs is some other third party that is making maybe one or 2% for uh, profit for each fob they sell. Um, and, you know, they can't, they literally can't afford to start doing security for their key fobs. Uh, and they also really don't care. They're just buying the cheapest chips from Texas Instruments or NXP or whoever. And then the silicon semiconductor manufacturers that actually made the algorithms and you know are supposed to be responsible for making sure they're secure, they don't they don't like telling anybody else about the algorithms because intellectual God. property or something. Proprietary um, data sheets are the worst. Yeah. But like there's this whole supply chain where the car manufacturer doesn't make the key fobs and they're in another step further removed from the actual uh, cryptographic security of the system. And, and so and it's really hard to actually make anybody responsible for making sure something like that's secure. What's notable too is that the key fob can be used across different models or brands. So just be kind of if you found a vulnerability in one key fob system or the whatever they're using, it's pretty probable that it's in some other model or make. Yeah, if you look at any of the research papers about uh, various uh, key fob cryptographic algorithms, it's like you know it, one algorithm might impact eight car manufacturers and thirty different lines of cars. Uh, it's not something where. You know, GM uses one algorithm and VW uses another and Ford uses another or whatever. It's every company is buying from the same other companies. And yeah, as you mentioned in chat, and I, I was meaning to bring this up for a few minutes. Uh, Leonard at Leonard WO on Twitter, the guy who did the original Tesla Model S key cloning and all that, um, he, that key fob was not made directly in-house by Tesla and in turn was used by a bunch of brands, including McLaren and some other ones that I don't remember. Yep. Because McLaren's yeah. the fun one. Um, so the key fobs themselves were made by Pectron. The chip was made by Texas Instruments. Um, I want to say McLaren, Karma, Triumph. Karma. Of, there were a few mostly European brands that were uh, impacted, but Tesla was one of them. Tesla was apparently the only one that gave a uh, satisfactory response uh, and actually quickly patched it. Um, oh, but... wrong link. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So supply chains with cars really broken. E, very. I've seen some companies with like decent supply chains, but that's just because they like do security on both ends and they're like, okay, make sure this shit is fixed. And all that. So, yeah. so for everything, everyone watching, if you want an extreme TLDR, uh, car security sucks. You should do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's <agreed>. easy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, it's getting kind of late. Um, do you want to, uh, I guess, say any, uh, any last shadows before we get going? Yeah. I mean, I everyone who was at that bash was pretty amazing and I definitely recommend checking out their work. 
me see if I can find it. There's a ton of people, but off the top of my head, definitely uh, Ian Carroll. Oh, yeah. That dude was Ian awesome. Carroll. Yep. He's cool. Uh, Ian Carroll, the... Who were the... um? Uh, Ian Tabber does uh, yep. like training and teaching. Yeah, Minty Nut. At Minty Nut. Uh, Leonard, of course. Of Leonard course, Waters. Leonard W.O. Ukrainians, yep. dude. The Ukrainians. Robert Leal <laughs> from the Car Hacking Village. Yeah. Where are they? Techno something or tech? Oh, oh yeah. What's, no. what's the company? I don't remember. <laughs> Shout uh, out tech to Maker. Tech Maker. Yes. Got it. Tech Makers. Um, all of the bug crowd team that was there Absolutely. organizing it, making it a great time for all of us. All of the people at the company that unnamed OEM, lawyers. unnamed OEM, you're great. Shout out to uh, Will Kahuna for calling me a Jufro, Jufro Mario. She <laughs> 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 was very funny. <laughs> Dang. Evil Rob. Hey, Rob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I, think that's, oh, yeah. I think that's it, man. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for, or all of you for, for coming on and, and talking to us about all this stuff. This is really cool. Hopefully thanks. everybody um, is able to get a good starting point and maybe some information on how they can get involved in all this stuff. Um, does anybody, I mean, I think we've tweeted out your, your handles. If anybody has any other ways of contacting you, um, do you want to drop those real quick? Uh, uh, Twitter's uh, pretty good for me at buses hmm. can fly. Yeah, RQU forty five for me on Twitter. That's yeah, pretty much I think we're we're also all in the Bug Crowd community Discord. If that's something that works for you better. Oh yeah, yeah we are. I always forget about that. Technically, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thanks everybody for uh, for coming on and um, talking, and we will. Uh, We'll see you all next week. We're we'll talking to Wirefall from the Dallas Hacker Association. Um, it's going to have a lot of cool stories and information. So, if you want to hang out there. Um, but until then, uh, yeah, shut the fuck up and get a lawyer, everybody. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. Get a lawyer. The NZ's gone. Yeah, we'll be back and hopefully with a bunch more going on next week. So, um, also be on the lookout for a challenge. There's a new challenge that is um, has been created. And you may have a way to already see it now, um, but keep a lookout, keep it on Twitter, keep an eye out on our website um, and be the first because this, this challenge will only have 10 tokens to uh, get into the chat and win. Um, so yeah, you have to be the first to find it or one of the first to find it. Um, so yeah, cool. Um, Alrighty, well, we will see you all next week and good night.